Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. I love that line, there are some things you can't do alone. And uh, I love the way that got power depicted that for us. And truth of the matter is there are a lot of things that you and I cannot do alone, which is why it's so important and even valuable for us to get connected, to be connected with one another. From, from our very beginning, God created us to experience community with others. It says in Genesis chapter 2, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And I thought, in recognition of, of this evening, we're going to be showing the Lego movie, uh, that I throw in this slide from the Brick Bible, by the way, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Brick Bible, and I have a New Testament version, is the whole Bible illustrated with Legos. And there's also a New Testament version of that now. And uh, if you're interested in that, for, for your kids, of course, parents, I understand. But if you want to check it out too, on the back of your um, notes, it says website for the Brick Bible. All of this is online, the whole Bible, uh, New Te Old Testament and New Testament. So it's just, just kind of fun. They've got a great display of, of Legos over at the mall right now. And so it's a, it's a great time to show all that. But just for a little fun there, but the, the point is, from the beginning, God made it clear that he did not create you and me to be alone. In fact, in the first chapter of Genesis, the previous chapter, God indicates that it was his plan always to create male and female, to create two of us. He never said, I'm going to create a guy. He, he said from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to create two of us. In the verse 27 of that chapter, he said, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And notice that God created human, not being, but beings, plural. And it twice says them, as well as male and female. And, and that's important for us. We need to recognize that it was never God's plan that human beings should be alone. It wasn't the plan in the beginning, and God just suddenly recognized that, oh, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I need to do something more. It was always his plan, always his intention. But he tells us this because we need to recognize this as well. And, of course, you might argue this is about men and women, and to some, there's some validity to that, but, but the emphasis really is on alone. Many scholars think then when you get to Genesis chapter 2, where it seems like he's giving more detail about it, that God, it's really sort of a way of kind of zooming in and explaining that part of Genesis chapter 1 where human beings are created. But um, he shows that not only that God acknowledges it was not good for man to be alone, but he shows that even the wonderful animals that he's created that are, are so much a part of so many of our lives are wonderful as our companions, but they're not enough. They're not enough. We were created for more than that in going through life. So we could say, well, it was God's design here from the very beginning, but, but Scripture shows us that this idea is even older and goes even further back than our creation. In verse 27, it says we're created in God's own image. 
But listen, verse 26, verse 27, now I'm going to read the whole thing. Listen to what it says. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Notice that us. Now, some scholars have suggested this is kind of like the royal us, the royal we as a way of talking. And a few have said it's possible that God is referring to the heavenly court of angels that surround him all the time. But most scholars believe that, that in fact, God is probably here actually referring to himself in, in the sense of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what we call the Trinity, that there is only one God, to be very clear about that, but this one God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's uh, been lots of ways this has been depicted over the years, sometimes with a triangle. This is called kind of a shield, and, and it, it's interesting to look. God in the center, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is the Holy Spirit. God is the Son. God is the Father, and yet at the same time, the Holy Spirit is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're, if you're actually looking at that and thinking about it, and it doesn't give you a little bit of a brain ache, you're not really looking at it. You're just, you're just kind of playing with me. Because I don't understand how to make sense of that. It is, it is what scholars through the years who have wrestled with this call a mystery that we cannot explain. We can only affirm as we continually see it showing up in Scripture. All through Scripture. In 2 Corinthians Paul writes, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, we call the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We could go to Matthew 28 and say, he says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We could go to the baptism of Jesus, where Jesus is there, the, 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 the Spirit descends on him like a dove, and the Father in heaven says he is well pleased. We could go on and on and on about all those things. But what does God as Trinity have to do with community? Because that's really what we're talking about. I want, I want you to know it has everything. God's very nature in himself means he has community within himself. The Corinthians passage speaks of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with whom? Fellowship with himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As I said earlier, when God created us, he created us, all of us, in his own image. Created in the image of God, human beings have this inherent need for community, for fellowship, for living life with other human beings. It's not like God said, okay, this is a good idea. I'm going to create human beings, and I'm going to see the importance of them being with others. This is why it goes back so much further. Before the creation of the world, before the creation of humanity, before the creation of angels, before any creation occurred, there was God and God alone. And God already in his own nature, in his very being, was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it is then to that nature from which you and I are created. It wasn't an idea. 
It was a reflection of God's very being himself. In Jesus, you you see God the Son, co-eternal with Father and Spirit, and yet what was the first thing he did as he began his ministry? This eternal being, fully man, fully God, began to walk around with other men and women. Sure, could he have done it on his own? Sure, but he chose not to. He always traveled with others. Jesus was God, yet he chose to be in community, to be with others in, in all circumstances. At the Last Supper, Jesus shared with his followers some of the most important things that he wanted them to remember, and that included the importance of community. It, it's, it, it really is one of those things when you get to chapters 13 through 18. This is kind of like my last will and testament. Jesus is saying, this is the things I want you to know. And right there in verse 17, he makes it very, very clear. In a prayer, no less. He's praying for for his disciples, but as he will tell us in just a moment, he's also praying for you and me. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and me. So when we read this prayer, Jesus is praying for you. He goes on, verse 21. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, there's, there are all kinds of things there, but I just want to hit on just a, a few observations really quickly in addition to what we've already said. First is community is centered on relationships because God is all about relationships. A lot of times people want to think, well, you know, Christianity, it's all about the rules. Anytime you hear somebody say that, or if you say that, that is a total misunderstanding. Christianity is about relationship. Why? Because God is about relationship. And and so within us, there is this need for the vertical relationship with God, but also the horizontal with each other. And if we are experiencing both, Something's missing, and we will probably feel that because it is missing. It is. That's the way we're created to be. We aren't, if it's missing, if we're not doing that, we are not living by the way we are created to live. We are not being who God created us to be. And you can just imagine in anything in life, if you're using something differently from the way it was created to be used, there are going to be problems. The manufacturer's going to say it voids the warranty, don't they? It's true with you and me. When we don't live as God created us to live in community, it's almost like we're voiding the warranty. We're missing on some of the things God intended that he implanted in you and me. Not because he thought it was a good idea, but because it's who he is. He is in community in himself. And he created you and me to be in community because that's his nature. Also, community not only encourages those we're with, but it's also for for our own spiritual growth, our own protection. 
We learn as we talk with each other. We learn as we, as we have late night discussions or we gather together in a group or we, we sit around at, at, at a Starbucks and we talk about some of this stuff or we study God's word together or we encourage one another as we're going through things. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. At the same time, it also protects us because the very nature of sin is trying to separate us, to alienate us from God and from each other. That's what sin does. It separates. It alienates. And when we do that, we're stepping away from God's plan, God's design. Doctors Henry Cloud and John Townsend in their book Boundaries write this. Evil can take over the empty house of our souls. Even when our lives seem to be in order, isolation guarantees spiritual vulnerability. I mean, that's a very, that to me grabs my attention. Isolation guarantees spiritual vulnerability. It's only when our house is full of the love of God and others that we can resist the wiles of the devil. Plugging in is neither an option nor a luxury. It is a spiritual and emotional life and death issue. That's a big deal. This is not just a little thing. And finally, it, it, it's not about us. Our unity and community is also a witness to the world around us of God's love for us and, and, and for everyone. That's what Jesus says. He says, when we live out the, this kind of loving community, it is a witness to the world. It, to, to those who do not believe, who cannot understand, who believe that, that you, you, you get ahead by cutting the legs out of somebody else, that, that you can't show mercy to anybody, that, you, that you've got to look out for number one. And when, when you live differently, yes, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to think we're crazy, but they're going to see some striking differences in your life and in the lives of those around you and of the quality of your life. And what the Bible says, what Jesus prays, is that in the midst of this, that becomes a witness because people don't understand. How can you love somebody like that? Because Jesus first loved me. That's why he prays that they may be one as we are one. When he says they, he's talking about us that we may be one in unity, in community, as Jesus and the Father are one. It's an incredibly powerful witness. Because again, it's not about us. Every time it becomes about me, then my tendency is going to be to sacrifice everyone else around me. I'm gonna step on you to get ahead. Maybe not even intentionally. And what we do is we destroy relationships. We destroy ourselves because we weren't created to live that way. We were created for one another. We were created in the image of God. And so as a church, our, our goal is to help all of us become more and more like Jesus we want to, to live as Jesus wanted us to live. Why? Not because we get brownie points. Again, it's because that's the way we were made. And that includes helping connect us to God and each other. Community. 
And, and, and so we want everyone to experience community. Our mission here is to lead everyday people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And, and to do that, we've developed a, a description, if you will, of a fully devoted follower of Christ, but it's also a prescription of what a fully devoted follower of Christ, how they live. And, and I know it's not, it's not everything, but we believe that a fully devoted follower of Christ will commit to following Christ. A fully devoted follower of Christ will connect with one another, both horizontally and vertically, uh, will serve my church within the walls and my world beyond the walls, and fourth, share the good news. If you are with us last week, we looked to con- commit. If you missed it, it's available. You can watch the video online on our website or download an audio podcast. Today is the, the second description and prescription Connect with one another. That's community, and that's, and that's the intentional action you and I have to take to experience community the way God created us to live. Because remember, the devil is constantly trying to, to isolate us, to get us to be alone, to turn from each other, to think that I can make it on my own, or I can't trust anybody else, or I don't want anybody else. He is out to isolate us. And so we have to be intentional to connect with one another. And there are lots of ways that that can occur. It can occur in your workplace. It can occur in your family. It can occur a group of you gathering together in the evening to, to, at somebody's home. Or it can occur you gather at a Starbucks. Or it, it can even occur online. There are all kinds of ways it can, it can occur. But, but the main thing is that it, that it does because it's essential to Christian, the Christian journey. And because it is so essential, we don't just say, y'all do it. We say, as, as the church, as the body called to equip the saints, we're going to provide opportunities for that. We're going to put you into settings where that can occur intentionally. We believe groups is one of the best ways for you to connect with others and to connect with God. So gateway groups meet regularly to build relationships and study biblical content together. And we're going to be offering sign-ups starting in two weeks for for a period of about three weeks, uh, four groups for the fall. And, And some of you, even more than just being a part of, some of you ought to be thinking, praying about whether I'm being called to lead or help lead one of those groups. A lot of folks today are, are finding community through the virtual world, the online world. And, and I've seen some great things come out of that, some amazing things. I, I've seen some marriages that got started in, in online settings that are some of the strongest marriages I've ever seen. So hear me when I say this is, I'm not simply saying it's, it's a bad thing. But ultimately, we all need more than virtual community. There are times when we need to just be with others. There are times when when we need to be hugged physically or we need to be there physically with someone else. And and there are times, therefore, when, when virtual community kind of becomes a shortcut to the kinds of deep community we're, we were created for. Because all I have to do is, if, I'm, if I read somebody who's going through a tough time, I just write a couple of words in the comment section, or I just click on the like button, and then I go on about my life. 
And that's a good thing, but it's not enough. And I don't mean that we're called to do that with everybody. But some people need more than a like. Some people need more than a comment that you're even praying for them. Some people need somebody there, flesh and blood, alongside them. Because we were created for so much more. And, and what often happens in social media is superficial community. And yet, it, 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 can, it can fool us into thinking we have real community, deep community. The kind of community that walks alongside a person in, in, in the biggest issues of life, as well as the little things. Again, it's not that, that it's wrong. It's a good thing. But what I want you to hear is, it's not enough. It can't be enough. Because you and I were created for more than that. Now, same time, there are no perfect groups. I mean, if you form a group and you invite me, I guarantee you've just made it an imperfect group. Because none of us are perfect. And we don't click with every person. And we don't walk. We, don't, we can't make everyone around us our best friend or our closest confidant. So hear me in that. But in the midst of real and in-person community, of living through that, of seeking that, of coming alongside people, God often uses that to shape us and shape the world around us more and more into his own image. It's so much more than just something on my phone. I saw the power of this uh, this for the last several weeks. Some of you remember last Saturday, not yesterday, last Saturday, we celebrated the, the life of uh, Tracy Faree. Um, and one of the things that struck me about her was that she was not alone. And I don't just mean her family, who was there all the time with her. But I mean, she had a group, a life group, and, and they had been together for years. And especially these women, they would do stuff together. And, and I, I talked with some of them. And you know, when, when someone is starting to go through something hard like cancer and the prognosis isn't good, sometimes, man, that's, that's hard. For, that's hard. And we feel the pain so much that sometimes we want to back away. We want to get away from that. But there were a group of ladies who did not back away from Tracy and walked with her through that journey. And, and you better believe they cried a lot of tears and they hurt a lot. And they were on a roller coaster at times just like the Faree family. It was hard. And yet when I meet those ladies and I talk to them, and some of them are in here now, some of them are in the early service, they wouldn't trade it for anything. Not because they like how it all came out, but because they experienced godly community in a way that could not happen any other way than walking together in life. I guarantee you, no social media can provide that. No good idea, no occasional high can do that. It was so inspiring. It was so encouraging 
to see the love that they had for one another. And that, that life of theirs that got knit together didn't happen easily or overnight. It went through a lot of hardships, a lot of tough things before she got cancer. But it did. And I think that's the picture God is pointing you and me to, of the picture when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's saying, I am with you. And you experience that through others. The Bible says it in so many ways. Ecclesiastes, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, remember God said it is not good for man to be alone. If someone falls alone, is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. That, that phrase never used to mean a lot to me until I had a daughter and I discovered you cannot braid two things of hair. Okay, guys, I'm telling you this. Every woman in here knows this, but most of us don't. You can't braid two. It takes three. If you braid two, they just fall apart. And, and so the intention there was always to think in terms of man, woman, and God together, but it's also about every relationship. That God wants to be in every single one of our relationships. He's a relational God. It's his nature. And he wants us to experience that ourselves. In Galatians, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Romans 12, be happy with those who are happy. And weep with those who weep. 1 Thessalonians 5, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Hebrews 10, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. See, the Bible is clear that God's intention is that for you and me to go on this journey of life together. We were created that way. We were created in God's image like that. He didn't, again, God didn't just think it was a good idea he created us that way out of his very nature, out of his own being, so that we're here to encourage and help each other. And the church is here to encourage and help each of us connect with one another, to experience community, to fulfill God's own design, his plan, his purpose for you and me, whether it's through an ongoing life group whether it's through a group in Celebrate Recovery or one of our support groups, whether it's through our student ministry groups or our children's groups or other groups, serving groups, or whether it's through groups that you create on your own and you meet with friends. Groups at Gateway isn't about a program of the church. It is about fulfilling God's own design for each of us to experience the community he created us for. It's not simply to check something off the list. It's how can we be intentional about being the people God has called us to be. And God is saying, because my nature is communal, you cannot be the person I created you to be apart from others. And so it is valuable. And it takes time to find the right small community of fellow travelers Sometimes God's serendipity happens, and it happens right away. Sometimes you try this group, and then you try that group. And, and the first thing you want to do is you want to give up because Satan's whispering, oh, there's nobody you're going to get along with, or this is a pain, or you don't want to do that. But it's Satan whispering that because he doesn't want us 
to connect. Community is so valuable to us. It's, it's amazing what we can do with others when we connect with others to experience community, to each of us bring whatever we who we are and what we have. Man, there's nobody else like you. And when you put that with somebody else, there are going to be some rough edges, but there are going to also be some places where it fits. And it's wonderful. And, and in, again, in kind of honor of our movie this afternoon, uh, there's a great little clip within the Lego movie where each of them kind of brings what they have to bring to accomplish something bigger. Watch. First, I don't know how anybody can be that creative, <laughs> come up with all that stuff. But together. And so if you're not in a group, I hope and pray you'll start thinking about that and praying about signing up for one when we start the signups in a couple of weeks. And they'll begin the, the weekend after Labor Day weekend. They'll, they'll start meeting that, that Sunday, Monday. Um, and... Something to just be aware of when we get there into the fall. We're going to, on Sunday mornings, we're going to do a, a series walking through uh, John's first letter, 1 John, uh, which is a great letter about God's love and, and some other things like that. And to help that, we're also pulling together some material that we're going to provide to any group, life groups, uh, any of the groups that are going to be forming uh, to use if you want to study and Talk, we, we, we come together on Sunday morning and then we meet as groups across the area and dig deeper into God's word and do it together in community the way God created us to do that. And I hope that you'll be doing that. And for some of you, I, again, I mentioned earlier, I hope you will take it a step further. Some of you can lead or you can help others lead. And I, I want to encourage you right after this, go out to our Next Steps area and talk to somebody about, hey, I want to help start a group. I want to be a part of a group. I can help or I can make something happen. I can read. I can do some of these things that needs to be done. Because some of you could do this so well. And there are people in this room who need you to. I want to encourage you to, to listen to what God is saying in your own heart and do that, to explore doing that. Because it's an incredible way for you to be more who God created you to be, to grow spiritually, to, to meet new friends, 
to experience community. And that's how we work to fulfill God's purpose and design for each of our lives. If you want to talk to somebody more about that, our prayer team is going to be right down here, right across the front. Um, if, if you want to find out about serving on one of our serving teams, uh, right over here, Josh Mauser is going to be at that door. And you can just, as soon as we dismiss, you can go right over there and just for a brief tour around the area to get some ideas, to look at some of the possibilities of how God can use you and make a difference through you through serving here. If, if you're visiting with us the first time, we're so glad you're here, and uh, we'd love to meet you. And, and, and Gateway family, if you brought someone, we encourage you to bring them out. We're gonna, some of us are going to be right out here, right outside these doors to the right, and we'd love to, to meet you and just say hello this morning. And again, let me remind you, 5 o'clock this evening, we're going to be watching the Lego movie. Anybody, you're welcome to come. The only admission is a school supply. Look, as a group, we come together and we do something bigger than ourselves. We help others who, who stand that need. And the other thing is, we won't, we won't check to make sure if you brought any candy or drinks in from the outside. You can bring whatever you want, as long as it's legal. You can bring whatever you want to enjoy the movie in here this evening. And, and experience community with some of your closest hundred or two best hundred best friends. So let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much that you love us, that you created us. But, but you didn't just create us randomly. You created us in your own image. And that image is, is one of community. You created us to be with each other, to experience community together. That's amazing, God. The enemy wants us to isolate ourselves, alienate ourselves, be alone. And there are parts of us at times that, that need a little bit of alone time. But Father, we're not created to live alone all the time. Some of us have listened to that voice way too long. Help us, Father, to step out and become part of the community of faith to experience your grace, your love, but even more than that, to be a witness of that grace and love to a world around us that is dying without it. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen. God bless you. See you tonight. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.